Tony. It's been, a long, it's been a long time. It has been way too long. And I'm it's my fault. Well, I wouldn't say fault. Actually, I mean, if we want to blame it on somebody, let's, uh, let's blame it on Chris there. <laughs> Today, I am speaking to Jen, who you'll remember from back in March. Jen is one of the hosts of this podcast. <laughs> It's just that things have happened. There have been developments. Hey, Jen. Hi, Tony. I'm so happy to be back. And I'm sorry for my hiatus after only two episodes. I think it's perfectly understandable. And tell the listeners what's going on. Sure. Well, I'm pregnant and I am, holy moly, I am sick. Um, I, I think the official term is hyperemesis gravidum. But it's like super, super intense pregnancy sickness. And so I've been out of the I've been out of the recording game, but I I am pumped full of three different anti-nausea drugs. I think I'm turning the corner. I, I've been feeling better the past week. So I'm happy to be back with you and talking about the world and our crazy lives right now. We last spoke on March 13th, so over a month ago. A lot has happened. A lot has happened. Because remember, the, the last time we spoke was the second time we did a podcast together. And right. we we only had a, a distance of three days between those two podcasts and those two episodes. And it seemed like an eternity. And right. now... It, it is an eternity. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but it feels almost like the same amount of time, right? It does. We spoke on March 13th, and that was only a few days after Italy went into lockdown and a few days before schools ordered your kids to stay home. So the last time we spoke, you you were still a free woman. <laughs> <laughs> and um, since then, Italy has extended our quarantine from April 3rd to May 3rd-ish, and it's, it's still likely to change. So over here... Mm-hmm. We've sort of been following the path of Italy, not quite as intensely in Arizona as you guys, but here in Arizona, we've had a social distancing order. I don't know that it's really called shelter in place. I think it's called a, a social distancing order for, I, I guess, the past two weeks. There are some hot spots here in Arizona. It's nothing like other states like California or Washington or New York right now, but as of, I think a couple of days ago, the governor and the chief health official stated that the curve is starting to go down. So that's good. Yeah. Here in Arizona, we've been ordered to stay at home as much as we can. However, if we need to go out to exercise, we can go out to exercise and golf courses are open. Schools in Arizona are closed for the remainder of the school year. That has a lot of parents freaking out. I'm not freaking out so much. My kid's school is pretty good and they have a lot of homework to do. For me in this period, because I've been so sick, being forced to stay at home hasn't been a bad thing. My kids are doing well. We're really fortunate. We have a yard. It's starting to warm up. We have a pool. The kids are swimming. So I, I consider myself pretty lucky with uh, the situation that we're in, thinking about people in New York City who are in a tiny apartment and they can't leave. I, I, I just can't imagine 
how stifling and stress-inducing that is. But here for us, it's kind of like we're on a staycation. So mm-hmm. again, I feel really fortunate. Right. And Chris, is Chris working from home? Yeah. Chris has been working from home for probably six weeks now. His company is a Dutch company. And so they're a little bit more forward thinking about public health. <laughs> and so he, uh, he's he been, been home and that's fine too. He stays in the office. We are not in the office. It, it's all working out good. Plus the kids are awesome in my opinion. And I'm not well, an expert. <laughs> I I value your opinion very much, Tony. Uh, yeah, my daughter's nine. My son is five. Uh, they're both good kids. And they understand what's going on. Um, I mean, Chris and I are very open about what's going on. And they often say to me, oh, we can't do this because of the coronavirus, right? And so they they get it. And I again, I'm fortunate that they get it. If if you follow the rules, if you do what public health officials are asking you to do, you stay at home, you wash your hands. When you go out, you wear a mask, you wear gloves. I feel that my level of anxiety is reduced because there are these practical measures in place that keep us safe. Right. And staying home. Um, you know, I've found like it's allergy season right now. I have hay fever. And the first thing I do... And I, it's really hard not to is my eyes get itchy and I touch my eyes. And yeah. if I were out and about right now being exposed to the possibility of getting the virus and I would have to tie my hands behind my back so that I wouldn't touch my <laughs> right. face. Right. 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 Yeah. It's hard not to touch your face. <clears throat> yeah, I have to really. touch my face now because we're talking about it. <laughs> yes. I mean, so like if nothing else, I know that there's, I've seen the news. I have two friends in Wisconsin who are livid because there are these protests. Oh, man. Um, if that's what we're going to call them. You just, you just mentioned the kids' ages and that the kids have managed to wrap their heads around COVID-19. Yeah, and that they are grasping what it means to have to stay home and why they're staying home. And sometimes they'll stop and say to you, hey, mom, we we have to do this because of the virus, right? Right. So they I get th- it. <laughs> why can't Which, a 50 year old get it? Thank you. That was the exact <laughs> point I wanted to make. Uh, maturity. You know, Just mat- maturity. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I so. Yesterday or the day before in Michigan and Wisconsin and a handful of other states, people are protesting their right to be able to be outside and be free and live free, die free. And I'm thinking of some of the signs that I saw (laughs) these people carrying. Um, Here in Arizona, we're even having our own tomorrow, which is a Sunday, and Monday, uh, there is a Patriots Day rally at the Capitol, which one of the opinion writers in the local Phoenix newspaper referred to as a spread the virus rally. <laughs> but I, I've, I've been thinking about why people are so, just so passionately against the government telling them what to do. And maybe it's, part of the American history and and what made us who we are. 
But at the same time, there is a lack of critical thinking skills in this country and a lack of just common sense that you can be a carrier and be spreading this virus and not know it. You can be healthy, but you can be infecting all of the people around you who are who could potentially be really vulnerable. And so in in my perception, it is such a selfish act to go out in public and, and protest public health advice. And at the same time, when these people are out there protesting, they're wearing masks and gloves. So they are essentially proving that they understand that they need to be social distancing, but they are still protesting. I am absolutely confounded by this behavior. <laughs> I don't get it. Did I send you that photo that it's like, uh, it looks like a possessed Muppet and it says, this is my vagina after 30 days. It's my favorite thing ever. I can't not, like, I can't. I just can't. It's the funniest thing. The image of its little teeth and its crazy hair pop into my mind and I lose it. It's the best the thing best, ever. It's the best thing ever. <laughs> I am grateful that I don't have to... Um, keep up appearances because I'm here by myself. So um, that is not an issue for me. Here's my question. How about a home hair dye kit? Don't they sell those in, in, in drugstores? Well, well, that the home hair dye kits are the new toilet paper. You can't find them in the stores right now. <laughs> yes. That did not occur to me. Oh my God. No, this is the thing. The past week and a half or so, there's been a run on home hair dye kits. Yeah, update me on that stuff because I, I did not know that. We still have toilet paper and paper towel problems here. It's crazy. People need to stop hoarding. <laughs> I have noticed that I have a stain on one of my two front teeth. I'm starting to look like one of the people from the Tiger King. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's going Can you see that? Right here. Uh, I Well, when you point it out, I can see it. I didn't notice it before at all. I mean, I'll eventually go to a dentist when it's safe to go to a dentist again and get it, you know, zapped yeah. with whatever. But I'm like, I'm, not, I'm only having coffee once in the morning. I don't understand. And I'm not like really? smoking or doing meth. I mean, I don't understand why my teeth are hurting. <laughs> do you have whitening toothpaste? I do. Huh. Yeah. And I've been putting, ever since I noticed the stain... I've been putting baking soda on there, but I mean, if that doesn't do the trick, then I'm just, I'm just going to have to get on the, uh, the sequel to the Tiger King. <laughs> Tony, we'll, we'll make sure that does not happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jen. Um, so we have talked about the kids and the fact that yeah. they, unlike many, uh, adults in the United States, that your kids can wrap their heads around the seri the seriousness of this. Uh, pandemic that we're going they can. through. They can. I don't watch all of the, I guess we could call them press conferences that are yeah, being Campaign rallies every day and from the, the White House. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it's just too painful. But I have noticed that sometimes so in the States, are they pronouncing it Fauci or Fauci? No, no. We, pronouncing it the, we are pronouncing it the correct way, Fauci. I just, sometimes he's 
not even there. Like I think I feel like they've tied him up in a room or something. Right. Sometimes, <laughs> right? Because sometimes he's not present. Sometimes he's speaking, but he looks like he's like at any minute he could get shot, and he's frightened for his life. And then sometimes he's standing behind the president and. Talk to me about this, Jen. Um, <laughs> do you think the general public is listening more to Fauci, more to the president? No, I, yeah, I, good question. I think the majority of people respect Dr. Fauci's opinions and the majority of people are listening to what he is saying because he is a voice of reason. He communicates his thoughts and ideas in a clear, concise way. He doesn't sugarcoat things. Oh, he doesn't exaggerate. I think that a lot of people wish he were president right now. <laughs> these these daily press conferences, and I'm putting that in quotation marks, are pretty confusing because just for example, this past week, early early in the week, President Trump declared that he, as the president of a democracy, has total authority to make decisions about the states, which is incorrect. So we have a constitution that states that the president does not have total authority and the states have the authority to make decisions for each individual state. The next day, after he made this claim, he said that it's up to the states to decide when they're ready to reopen. He then put out a three-tier opening plan for the states to follow to start reopening the country and reopening our economy because his ability to get the economy going again is uh, at the forefront of his mind. Um, where, where am I going with this? Is the public listening to Fauci or they listen to the president? And then also, we haven't talked about the mayors yet, Cuomo, and are you crushing on him? <laughs> okay. As for who the public is listening to, the public is divided in this country. And I think that the majority of the country is following Fauci's advice, and the majority of the country is a little bit confounded by the mixed messaging that we're getting out of the White House. Um, so I, I feel like now that the cat's out of the bag and we know that there's a bun in the oven, how many cliches? Bacon. Um, so how many months pregnant are you? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm 12 weeks pregnant. So three months pregnant, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still at the very beginning. The baby is due on Halloween. It's a long ways away, Tony. That is an entire summer and beginning of fall away. <laughs> and in case the listeners weren't able to hear or just plain missed it before, Jen lives in Arizona, right outside of Phoenix. It's hot in Arizona. Even when it's not hot, it's hot. I love Jen so much that I went to visit Jen. Was it like July or August? It was August that you came. The worst. That's how month. much I love you. That's how much I love you. That's how much that's you. how much everyone should love Jen. Like to give you an idea. <laughs> I went to visit Jen. It was that hot. It was you, I remember we would you would have to go into your garage, turn the car on and turn the air conditioning on 10 minutes so that so that we didn't kill the children basically. So like 
because you're a good parent, like you would go out there and I mean, I'm not, you weren't blasting the air conditioning. Like it didn't feel like, you know, we were in a grocery store when we got in. It was just to get the car to a safe temperature for us to enter. And then we would, we would go, you took me wherever my whim fancied. I think I wanted to go to Trader Joe's and I think we went to a bakery to get macaron because they were really in style at the time. And <laughs> I feel like oh, I said macaron, macaron. You have to speak French with that guttural. <laughs> and we went, remember, I remember that parking lot, how our shoes did not stick to that parking lot, like melt. I don't know. It was really hot. Um, so I'm just I'm I'm painting the picture for our listeners because I want them to imagine Jen, who I'm gonna I'm gonna paint them another picture though, because this is not your first summer pregnancy. When you were <laughs> pregnant with Francesca, you came to Italy. We'll get I'll put a pin in that. So <laughs> Jen is going to be pregnant in the Arizona heat during the COVID 19 <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> Holy crap! Oh, but it's gonna be okay because. We have a pool, so I'll just be like a whale floating on my floaty in the pool. I gotta, I gotta tell the the, the pregnant Jen and pregnant Jen in Italy story, <laughs> and the car breaking down. Oh, oh baby, that was my favorite. Okay, so so Jen was here. What year was that? Like a French two thousand ten. It was uh, May, June of 2010, or maybe June, July 2010. I'm going to say it was more June, July. Um, okay. Just the reason I say that is because it was hot. It was hot. It was hot. I don't think it was May. It was one of the, the J months of the summer. <laughs> and you can get a freakishly hot June. We got one last year. Florence and most of Tuscany are humid. Very. Swampy. Good description. <laughs> and uh, when it gets hot and the air conditioning, Jen, what, what would you have to add about the air conditioning? So Italian air conditioning is like having an Italian nonna just blow gently on you. It's just <laughs> a, a slight movement of air. The air is humid. The air is stale and hot. And nonna was like a chain smoker for, you know approximately 40 years so we're talking like right. not a very strong no it's yeah. not strong no um and so jen was pregnant i mean so pregnant but i mean you could see she was pregnant i mean my girl was pregnant i think you were like eight or nine months pregnant at the time no 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 i wouldn't have been able to travel i was only i was between six and seven months because i wouldn't have been able to travel this is how much i have no idea how the whole thing works but i'm telling you my girl was pregnant and i mean like pregnant but from behind you would not know because she didn't have like the pregnant like in pain posture she didn't she didn't do anything to like complain about the fact that she was pregnant she was completely nonchalant about the fact that she was <laughs> pregnant and i was super impressed and proud of her until until we were heading down to Orvieto because you were Viterbo. doing Viterbo. Oh, we were going to Viterbo. We were going to Viterbo. Yeah, we were, isn't that weird? And I ended up moving there after that. So we're we're heading down to Viterbo in my old Peugeot two hundred and six. I loved that car. I love that car. Her name was Marie. She was a keeper. Marie. Marie. Oh, yeah, Marie knew how to make macaron. And. <laughs> God bless me. <laughs> she was my first car in Italy, so she was a big deal to me. And she she stuck around for quite some time. And so we're heading down to Viterbo. 
we don't even make it, I don't know, maybe maybe 10 to 15 miles, however many kilometers, on the autostrada. And the car starts to putter. And we manage to pull into a big autogrilla, like these beautiful gas stations we have here in Italy. The and best. we manage to pull under like what, what is supposed to be shade. Yes. Remember, it was it was like yes. cloth, like <laughs> like it really didn't, it really wasn't shady. I think it was maybe to maybe to block bird poop, but not actual sunshine. And right. um, and we we got the last spot, remember? And we I pull do. in, and I put the hood up to look. And how many? I mean, at least five or six men. Remember? Right. Right. Pulled up, looked at us, shrugged. Like, oh, there's two women. There's a pregnant woman. Right. 800 <laughs> degrees a- outside. The hood is up. But yeah, I think they'll be okay. Nobody asks us if we need help. A family. Oh, no. And then I turned to you, Jen. And I'm like, Jen, you got to look more pregnant. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> so I got out of the car. I was holding my back, waddling. <laughs> yes, I made you. I made you like totally milk the pregnancy. <laughs> and it could. worked. It worked. It did. Because then what happened? Uh, then, well, so my memory mm-hmm. is uh has been faded by pregnancy hormones but a family came right oh yeah a family came i make you get out you're standing there with pregnant belly like playing it up one hand on the, your lower back the other one rubbing the belly i'm like rub the belly jen rub the belly because you could really couldn't tell you were pregnant because you like didn't look like you were in any way perturbed you know it's like <laughs> oh yeah i'm pregnant no big deal it's 800 degrees out but it's fine it's cool you're standing there rubbing the belly as per my instructions a family pulls up and the woman as soon as they pull up and see us the woman gives her husband a look like you better go help them <laughs> <laughs> and because there's five kids in the back seat she's like that could have been me you know so, <laughs> female solidarity so he got out and helped us. And I can't remember. I think he was the one who said, hey, check your insurance because you probably have free towing, which I right. did. Yeah. And then the the tow truck arrived and we had to ride. Oh boy. We had to ride up in the uh, in the front in the cabin. Cab. And yeah. uh, our, our, our driver was ripe, to say the least. Um, he was like a uh, fine toledo. <laughs> And you know, when you're pregnant, you're very sensitive to smells and you were just fighting it the whole ride and it was so hot. And he was, he had a, yeah, he had an accent. We could barely understand what he was saying. He was somewhere that we did not know what he was saying. And he was driving really fast on these curvy little roads, (laughs) but he got us to the, the mechanic. Yeah. Who just, Yeah. And they just happened to be near my friend's house. So I remember my friend's husband came and picked us up. Right. Right. And uh, it, the whole day turned out fine. <laughs> we, ne- we never made it to be terrible. We didn't make it to be terrible, but that's okay. <laughs> and because we have stories to tell. <laughs> How many people can say they were pregnant in Italy and took a death ride <laughs> in a tow truck? I mean, not many people can say that with their best friend. So, I mean, it's a story for the ages. It is. And I, I, I think of it fondly. And have you ever told Francesca that story? No. Yeah. It was no. Francesca that was in your belly. Yeah. It was Francesca. No, I should tell her that no. story today. So the whole reason we're talking about the pregnancy, other than the fact that that was a fun story, is because you are currently pregnant. We're currently 
in the midst of a pandemic, Jen's pregnant and she's not due till Halloween. <laughs> Holy shit. So <laughs> I have a lot of logistical questions. First of all, I don't have kids. I've never given birth. I've never had to do any of the stuff. The only information I have is based on things that <clears throat> friends have said or done in front of me. <laughs> so are you planning on doing in-home birth or hospital? Have you thought of like that stuff yet? Um, prenatal visits? Walk me through it, Jen. Sure. So I am a person who gives birth in a hospital. I feel real comfortable doing that. And so far um, in Arizona, partners are allowed to be at the birth in a hospital. I know that in some states, maybe just New York, um, well, at, at, there was a couple weeks ago when the hospitals were saying the woman has to give birth alone to stop the spread of the virus, but now I think they're allowing a partner to come. Um, but here in Arizona, I'll be able to have Chris with me as, as long as things don't get too crazy, but I'm still going to my prenatal visits, but I have to go by myself. My OB is very uh, meticulous about having all of the staff covered and masked and gloved. Um, surfaces are disinfected regularly. So I feel really comfortable about going there. Regular prenatal visits, giving birth in a hospital, everything should be just fine. But again, I'm lucky here in Arizona, it's not... It, Arizona doesn't have huge numbers of COVID-19. And so I, I, I'm fortunate that it's a pretty safe and calm situation here. Good. That makes me happy as your friend because I worry. <laughs> <laughs> I think about it often. And then also, yeah, I'm hoping for you that you'll be able to give birth in whatever situation you're the most comfortable in. When is it that you know if it's going to be a boy or a girl? Oh, well, so I have the the fun experience since I'm older, I'm going to be 42 when the baby's born. Um, my insurance categorizes me as a geriatric oh mother. This, the, the, this is the term that is used what? on, <laughs> right. This is the term that is used by the insurance, but I am, I'm having a geriatric pregnancy. Because of my geriatric status, I get to have all of the genetic testing, all of it. And so last Monday, I went and gave some blood at my OB's office. And so in the next couple of days, I'll know um, about the genetic status or have a better idea about the genetic health of this baby. And I'll also know the sex. So wow. I, I get to know it early because of the blood test in my geriatric state. Yeah, it's pretty cool being being geriatric. <laughs> oh, you managed to avoid answering my question about oh, what, what, about what, what, Cuomo. Are you crashing oh, on oh, Cuomo? Oh, I, I you know, Cuomo's a handsome man. I am also crushing on his intelligence and his practical approach to managing a severe outbreak in his state. So I'm crushing on two things about Governor Cuomo. I like Governor Cuomo. Are you saying that intelligent governing is hot? I am saying that intelligent governing is super hot. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so what do you have coming up on your next podcast, Tony? I'm going to be interviewing Giacomo Silardi again. He was on episode six. Right. And this time we're going to discuss the game plan for our return to the outside world when our quarantine ends here in Italy. Yeah, I'm going to pick his brain about how our world might look and, and behave in the near future and then in the distant future to figure things out before we're all out of the house so that we can be responsible and hopefully find things that are applicable to you know, my friends and family in the States. That sounds great. I, I can't wait to hear him. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. So we've talked a lot about what's happening in the States right now. You are in Florence in this beautiful house that's on the outskirts of the city. And you're there in this house because you're dog sitting a sprightly fellow named <laughs> Billy. <laughs> Billy. Billy's a sweet, sweet boy. I love Billy. So do you have any updates or stories on your life there in your little bit of Eden? <laughs> um, yeah. So yesterday... I was taking him for our normal walk, but now there are these weeds that in, in Italian are called forasaki. I'm not really sure. I think they're called, I don't know what they are in English. So they cut the high grass and now there's all these little prickly forasaki. It's like a little arrow that can go into their paw. It can go into their ear, their nose, if it gets stuck in their throat. And, and they're real tricky. And he, he's a border collie. So he is... Harry. Just one furry, furry, puffy, lovey, lovey dog. And there are so many places that those Furasaki could get stuck and I wouldn't be able to find them, even even if I dig around and brush them. And it's just really scary. So I've started, I changed our walk around and now I only walk him on the dirt road that goes mm -hmm. down to a big garden area that belongs to some un unusual man, let's put it that way. Um <laughs> And the, you'll understand why I say that in a moment. It belongs to him. He's never there. So I know that I'm not going to run into a person. And the grass is short and not cut there. So there aren't the Furasaki there. So I can like see what's going on where Billy walks. So we go down there and then like a voice message comes in or something. So I check my phone and Billy's really good and really obedient. He never runs off or anything. Or if he walks away, he'll come right back. So I'm looking at my phone. I turn around and Billy is no longer anywhere oh, no. to be found. And I'm like, what's going on? This is weird. And the gate that is kind of on the other side of the property had opened at one point. But I could, I don't know. I just did like the quick math and was like, no, there's no way he ran out of the gate. Like, where did Billy go? And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to run back up to the house and see if he's up there. And I'll take a shortcut. So I'm passing through. And now I'm like in this tall grass and there's this bamboo. And the bamboo is like at the very beginning of where the property kind of uh, meets up with a little bit of not a forest, but some woods. Uh -huh. And I've always walked by the bamboo and been like, oh, there's some bamboo. You know, I'm not going in there. Mosquitoes. And um, so I've never like ventured back behind the bamboo. So little did I know that there was a an old well back there. Oh, like, man. Yeah. So I'm calling for Billy and he's not barking, but I feel like I hear him. And it almost sounds like he's murmuring or something. And I'm like, what is going on? Maybe he got bitten by a snake. So I like, pull the bamboo back and I go in and I hear water. And I realize that Billy is treading water oh. in this little, 
it's a well, but don't imagine like a deep round well where you're looking really far down and he's way down there. Imagine if you had something that's the size and shape of a big hot tub, but with deep water. Yeah. But the, the walls are made of stone. And so basically what happened was he had fallen into this thing and he was treading water and there was no way for him to get out because the wall was straight up and, you know, made out of stones and bricks. And he just couldn't, he couldn't lift himself out. And he weighs 70 pounds and I, I can't let this dog drown. I love him. So I got on my stomach and somehow pulled him out. I like pulled on his, like the skin of his back. Oh gosh. I mean, it was, I really thought I was going to hurt him, but I didn't have any, I didn't know how else to get, he's also, he's old and arthritic. So I was like, I can't like pull on him by his legs, you know? So I pulled and I don't know how the heck I did it, Jen, but I got him out of the water and I was hyperventilating and crying oh <laughs> and I was flipping out and I was like, yeah. Billy, why did you go with it? You know, and I was yelling at him like, like a mom does when they find their kid in the store, you know, <laughs> and, um, and I was flipping out and then I'm walking up the driveway with him and I'm crying and I run into one of the neighbors watering the plants. And I was like, did you know that there's a well down there? And he's like, yeah, that's really interesting because the water comes down from the natural springs when the snow melts in the mountains. And I'm like, dude, do you notice that I'm here with a wet dog that looks like he was just in a swamp and I'm crying? Why is that well there? And why is it not covered up? You know, anyway, there were thickets and stuff in his fur. Did I send you a picture? He was all swampy looking and huddled over. I didn't. You sent a picture of the well. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, there's a creepy mannequin floating in the water. So weird. And because I found out later when I finally talked to the owner, because I'm dog sitting Billy and the owner's in Washington or Baltimore. He's in in Baltimore. He said, oh, yeah, that's the gardener. The gardener. That's like his weird sense of humor. And I was like, "Mm, (laughs) I I was simultaneously saving a dog's life and realizing I discovered the lair of like a serial killer. It was the whole thing was very... (laughs) was very unsettling and and i have to be honest like after i ran into the neighbor and he was nostalgic about the you know the snow melting from the mountains i was like maybe i'm overreacting like maybe it's not that deep and maybe it was like maybe billy could you know maybe i just panicked you know and then when i was talking to the owner he's like no dude it's a good thing you found him because basically two deer have drowned in there because animals go back there and they fall into this hole and then they can't get out so I'm, this is a yeah. problem that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy you saved Billy's life. It's like you were overcome with that type of adrenaline that when someone yeah. falls under a car, people mm-hmm. can push the car. Up. So <laughs> yeah. good I job. Hope, I hope that that adrenaline isn't like a one-time deal in life. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> And I hope he does not go back in there. I I mean, I went down and made sure that the gate is closed that's around it, but it's like a makeshift gate. I've been playing games where I'll put a dog biscuit under like an empty yogurt container, you know, Uh and it takes him, I mean, he's a border collie. They're smart dogs and it takes him like 30 minutes to figure it out. (laughs) So I don't, (laughs) I don't think he opened the gate himself. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think as long oh, as all the Billy. all the humans on the property keep the effing gate closed, everything should be okay. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's another story. Yeah, <laughs> Qu- quarantine twenty twenty story. <laughs> yeah, Mark was like, only you. You're like Bridget Jones. <laughs> <laughs> you 
have a knack <laughs> for finding the stories, Tony. <laughs> the stories find me, Jen. The stories find me. <laughs> well (laughs) (laughs) oh i know you've got to get back to the family and make sure your your uh husband and 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 cooper cooper little coopy little coopy (laughs) make sure that they uh have sufficient supplies for the camping trip so go i think I'm i'm gonna unleash you so that you can get that done before they take off and only have like one granola bar with them or something. Does, does Chris listen to the podcast, by the way? <laughs> Should I? He, no, don't worry. He listened to the first one. And I don't he think he's listened to any second like He's listened to the rest of it. <laughs> like all of our loved ones. <laughs> no, your mom. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. The, the episode with your mom is still one of my favorites. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, a good one. Okay. All right, Tony. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. I love you too. Okay. All right. Bye. (laughs) All right. I'm recording. Give me some more of your luscious laugh, girl. (laughs) Oh my God. Yay. (laughs) Sorry to try not to fucking laugh. (laughs) I interrupt you. Okay. You're doing such a good job. <laughs> you're, you're just, but it's like, it just doesn't seem like it's fucking physically possible. That this monkey is running our country. I know. I, I, I know. It is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And all of the people that go around kissing his rear end, I, I, I just, I don't understand how how people can't understand facts with that i bid you adieu and mackerel para <laughs> <Butter> chocolate <laughs> oh <laughs> so stupid. i love you <laughs>